Hello, everyone. Welcome to a Tuesday edition of the MSP Initiative Live. It is February 8th, like eight days of February, just before you even realize it, gone. We're almost gone. So, the, you know, the month is moving fast. And yes, we are well into 2022. And um, <clears throat> as expected, uh, time waits for nobody. So let me get a couple of housekeeping items out of the way, as we usually do in the beginning of these calls uh, and podcasts, webinars, whatever you want to call it. Uh, so mspinitiative.com underneath the sessions, you'll have the podcast version uh, as well as the video version of all of the MSP Initiative live sessions that we've ever done. Uh, you can pick whichever one works best for you. Uh, don't worry about giveaways for the moment. We're about to repost those for the quarter. So we'll let you know when those are ready. Under the MSP uh, community block party, uh, our next community block party is going to be literally in a couple of weeks, uh, 13 days actually, um, and four hours and 57 minutes, uh, if this is 100% accurate. Uh, we're going to be doing this down on International Drive, right down the street from... Um, where you'd normally see IT Nation for the last several years. Uh, here are all the sponsors involved, although there be, might be a few more. We're doing this right down the street uh, from Zero Trust World, which we're collaborating with. And if you're not uh, already signed up, they're still allowing people to jump on in. Uh, it is not a free event uh, to go to the, the conference. You have to actually register uh, virtual or, or uh, on-site. Obviously, we're going to be on-site. Uh, some pretty cool things happening there. Uh, go backwards in the um, sessions list. And we did a session with Danny Jenkins from Threat Locker on what to expect during the event, um, which is pretty cool. They got some good stuff going on. So uh, we are actually on the agenda for night one. Uh, you see the MSP Community Block Party. That's us. So we're doing another one. Uh, if you haven't already requested an invite, you're in the area, you're going to the conference, just put your name in here. And if you're an MSP, we'll make sure we make sure you get there. So that's Zero Trust World um, and the Community Block Party, MSP Community Block Party. Last thing that's worth mentioning is Channel Strong Tour. We have eight, uh, we have eight weeks um, scheduled for 2022. First one coming up next month in Texas. Uh, and then we go to here are all the other dates listed. Hopefully we're coming to a backyard near you. Um, we love these, right? Because we actually get to come into everybody's, you know, you know, towns, and all you have to do is take a drive down the road and, and meet us in a parking lot of uh, of an MSP who's hosting us for that day. So, um, first one's in Texas. If you're in Houston, San Antonio, Austin, Fort Worth, Dallas, anywhere in between, willing to meet us in one of these places, definitely register uh, or ask, you know, ask for an invite, and we will <clears throat> make sure that you get there. Um, so that's Channel Strong Tour. So those are all of the kind of housekeeping items that we usually cover <clears throat> during the beginning of these calls. I usually have uh, on Tuesdays, uh, Mr. Ken Patterson from PAX 8 on these calls. Uh, he is actually um, tied up with his regular day job <laughs> doing uh, PAX 8 mission briefings. Um, so going at it solo today uh, might eventually open it up to more of a radio show style call. Um, but not lots happening in the uh, in the technology spectrum, um, you know, that are worth, you know, kind of mentioning right as, as we go on, you know, it looks like the March to um, and we, we always bring it up. Um, and Ken's like, well, I'll just go to the blog because that'll give you the most up to date. 
up-to-date information, right? So looks like, you know, other than a little bit of timing shift, if you haven't heard about this, <laughs> I don't know where you've been, uh, Microsoft NCE, right? So if you go to the Paxa blog on this, you'll notice here's all the m- most up-to-date information announcements, calendar, uh, you know, important dates, deadlines, stuff like that. <clears throat> the, the very next one is coming literally a few weeks from now, which is the actual price cre- uh, price increase for um, business standard premium or basic premium. I used to call it standard business, basic business premium, and then E1, E3, E5, um, and ME3. That's interesting. I wanted to do M everything. Uh, but those price increases go into effect March 1. So for new for new subscriptions, then on March 10th, on March 10th, it says all new subscription for modern work and dynamics will be required to procure through NCE. Pax8 will no longer offer new subscriptions through legacy CSP program. So that's new subscriptions, not existing subscriptions. And then on July 1, <laughs> it looks like, you know, if any of your one-year rolling terms under the existing subscription start to expire. You're not going to be able to keep going. You have to migrate to NCE as of July 1, as it stands right now. So um, after that point. So this is the next major hurdle here, that new subscriptions um, starting March 1, this is the new, this is the new pricing scheme. So um, that's interesting. Microsoft is not changing the pricing to Microsoft E5. So M365E5 is not going to change, but Office 365E5 will change. Okay. So um, there it is, guys, right? I mean, these are these things are coming. They're around the corner. You can't hide from them. You definitely should. Um, you definitely should pay attention, right? And, um, you know, make sure that you have, you know, your messaging in place so that your bills don't just show up to your customers. Uh, you know, with these increases, of course, there should be some notice, right? You now know this is coming. Your customers don't like to just pay extra, right? You need to let them know in advance. So there's that. I unmuted everyone that's live on the call. If you wanted to jump in and, and kind of chat, uh, feel free to uh, open open forum as we're, you know, throwing some topics out there. But yes, M, the Office 365 the saga continues uh, and it doesn't look like it's... Um, it doesn't look like it's going away. Maybe something changes last minute, but as of right now, sounds like you're just going to have to, um, sounds like you're just going to have to figure out your game plan and move forward with it. So you don't get caught in a bad sandwich. Uh, I think, well, that's a shame. I was looking in my news feed here and, uh, totally untech related, but I'm going to share it anyway. Um, oldest pub in, uh, Britain is closing its doors after 1,229 years. Uh, wild. Wild. So uh, Guinness World Book of Record holder. Actually, I think I went to this place. Um, yes, I actually have been to this place. That's a shame. So they're actually shutting down after 1,229 years. Well, I hope that you got there before the doors because that's, you know, you know, to be open for that long. Think how many generations of families you'd have to think back to in order to keep this thing running. But uh, what do you think there, Pete? Did you have a chance to go over there or are you going to miss it? Uh, I think I'm going to end up missing it, George. 
a shame, man. Although when I was over there at 16, I, I'd have to go back and see if I have pictures. But I could have been when I was over there in 16 when I, you know, took several weeks and went across England, yeah. Scotland, and Wales. So yeah, that's 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 crazy. That uh, I mean that yeah, you don't even think about like our country's not even that old, right? So you know, just you you don't even think about that type of you know age range, right? Uh, anyway. Old bar. Well, I mean, I hope uh, I hope they had clean taps, right? <laughs> I, I would think that would be like a national landmark that they would, you know, sponsor to keep it open or make it some kind of. I I I would agree. You know, you would hope that they, you know, kept it going. But you know, what are you going to do? Uh, as all things go, right? I'm sure. I'm sure the pandemic had something to, something to do about that, and you know, they just couldn't keep it open. Uh, which is, I'm sure a lot, like a lot of small businesses around the globe, right? Unfortunately. So um, yeah. let's hope that we see a lot less of that, but definitely a downside there. How you doing today, Pete? Doing all right, George. How are you doing? You know, it's uh, some days are colder, some days are warmer. You know how it works here in the Northeast, but uh, doing pretty good. Doing pretty good. We've got a lot of stuff coming up, so as you know. So just starting to get I ready. I do. I do. There's just, it seems like a calendar went from stay at home, work at home, be stuck in the cube of the, of your home office or, 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 you know, small room. And now it's a, uh, you know, where's the resources? Everybody's trying to find the resources to cover all the conferences and gatherings now, you know? Yeah. I mean, I think the problem, I mean, I mean, many people have different views on this. I'm sure, you know, me and you have talked about this plenty of times, but, you know, resources, you're talking about people, right? Yeah. And, you know, the problem is, is that what you're talking about requires you to actually leave your house, requires you to get out of the man cave, get out of the basement and like actually go somewhere, right? Where all these people are so used to never leaving the, you know, the cave right <laughs> so mm-hmm. so i think that's the big problem right um you know from that aspect um so finding people that are willing to move around where i mean we're not even talking about from the office now right back to you know from the home back to the office whatever you are talking about actually getting on a plane train car bicycle <laughs> i hope not um they actually have to move around and i think a lot of people have gotten used to even just figuring out like for people with younger families, right. You know, a lot of these people haven't been sending their kids back, you know, to things like daycare, right. Um, and managing kids from home from school, right. If they were in you know formal school, if they're at that age, now then you have to leave, right, Pete, <laughs> it's a little bit different when you actually have to leave the house. It is, but you know, all the, all the trade events now, it seems like they're just being piled on top of each other. You know, well, even I though think- we've got a whole 12 months ahead of us, it seems like the schedule has become overly aggressive with conferences. Yes. And I definitely have a master schedule that we've been compiling and continues to continue to be compiling. So, uh, but Hey, I mean, you knew they were going to come back. The question is who's going to attend all of these, right? Like I got my pal Darren on the line. I'm sure he's eating some Chick-fil-A or planning to for lunch. I know I, I had a little of that today as usual, but I thought uh, about it. I thought about it, but I had some I had some good leftovers from last night. So, yeah. OK, but um, 
you know, even Darren, who's a, a fond event goer, says, yep, can't do the same thing last that we did last year, this year. And I was like, okay, good. That's not a bad thing. Maybe maybe you shouldn't go to all of those events. So, um, yeah, yeah, I mean, that's, you know, everybody, uh, it's, yeah, there's a lot of reasons for that in my own specific case, but, uh, you know, I'm going to be more selective about, uh, I, you yeah, know, you and, don't and have, if, you don't have honest, to give names, you know, you just like, but you're no, 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 no. large in, in large part. It's, it's honestly, I've said this before. I mean, today I got three calls from three different vendors and I, I just, I mean, you know, I, I get it. I know how it works, but I'm, it's, it's relentless. And there should just be like, when you tell somebody, Hey, I'm not interested at this time. I know I saw you at the show or I didn't see you at the show, but I was at the show and you're calling me anyway. Um, I don't want to hear from you again, but that works in about one in 10 times. So it's like, really? So, so, when, so when they call back after you say that it's not the same yeah. person, is it? Well, no, I mean, it, it could be the same person. It could be, well, you know, we see you weren't interested. I just, I, I don't know a better way. Well, that's like uh, what's good, good for the goose is, is not good for the gander, Darren. I mean, like, you know, when we're doing sales, right, no matter what market you're in, you know, the vendors are trying to sell to you. You're trying to sell to the end users. So, like, the vendors are doing it to the MSPs. The MSPs are doing it to the end users. You, you hear the same thing from everybody, right? Right. right. It's, a, no, it's, it's an true. overall frustration point, I think. Yeah, it, it, it is. It, it certainly is. And, you know, every time you go to something else, inevitably, it just becomes a whole nother, you know, a whole nother uh, onslaught to deal with. I'm, I'm done with it. I get you, man. Well, unfortunately, there's a, um, uh, e you know, economy within the economy, so to say. I mean, before you even walked in the door, there was a lot of money investment that changed hands on a lot of these, a lot of these events, right? And so, <laughs> and, and, and like, We've talked about this before offline, right? But like some of the dollar amounts, you know, that we're talking about here, just you could buy cars with them, right? I mean, they're not small. So, yeah, you, know, you can understand where, you know, there's an aggressiveness, right? But I mean, you know, to, to, to many a point, right? Whether, and we've all heard it on all the different forums, all the different groups, you know, being too aggressive has a downside to it, right? Well, it, this gets back to, the, the whole structure overall is that some of these vendors don't, in my opinion, have no business even being at these things, but of course they're willing to pay and there's absolutely no vendor vetting that goes on from anything I've ever been to. And, you know, so Joe Blow can, can say he's, you know, cybersecurity expert 2022, we need this, this, you know, you, you got to have this product. And I, you know, there needs to be, uh, I, I'm interested to see who the, the next thing coming up as we, uh, you know, in a couple of weeks and see what vendors are actually there versus at some of the other events. And, and if there's any better, better vetting of that stuff versus what you, I mean, it's just who's willing else. to pay. I mean, let's, let's right. be fair, but I hear the problem yeah. is that the barrier of entry is not, <clears throat> not necessarily inexpensive at a lot of the events. I'm not saying all of them. So the challenge is, you know, are you willing to drop? Let me throw a number out there. Darren, if you were starting a new company, that sold services MSPs uh, tomorrow. And in order for you to go to an event, first time, first event ever showing up, uh, you'd have to drop $30,000 before you even walked out the door. You know, I'm just talking about a table and two chairs. You know, was that something, I'm just throwing a number out there. I'm not saying that's the case. Would you, 
you know, would you, is that a number that sounds affordable to you as an, as a new vendor, right? I, mean, I, I, I don't, I don't have a, a good way to answer that because some of these, some of these vendors are so well-funded that it's nothing. It's a drop in the bucket. Sure. Uh, and those are more the, v, those are more the VC and PE backed guys, right? Where, you know, the amount of money being invested into these companies are millions, right? And they're going to have to spend it because that's part of the plan, right? And so to your point, drop in the bucket, right? But let's say you, uh, like many of the companies that you're familiar with, right, that have since been acquired, you know, probably, you know, they started out of an MSP, right? Just like it could be you. You could come up and say, you know, there's this idea where nobody's fixed it. It seems like a lot of people have been struggling with it. I'm going to come up with a way to solve for this. And then, okay, you've created a product now. Let's, let's assume that you have, you still have to go and market that product and sell that product just because you built it. Doesn't mean they will come. Right. Right. Yep. No, so very true. That's, very true. that's the challenge. Right. So Keith, appreciate you for jumping on there. I went ahead and added you to the, uh, to the line. Oh. So okay. you're, you're in there. So, um, but anyway, to your point, uh, Darren, there's definitely a, I guess a good and a bad way for post event follow up, right? And um, you know, it's a shame, right? Like, hey, you know, if you have been hit by somebody and that person has told has told you, hey, not interested, you know, like you would hope they would respect that. But if you're saying one in ten, then clearly that's not either being documented well or it's being respected. So totally frustrating. And I can understand your position on that point. But Keith, you know, he'll just tell people, hey, you want to come sell to me? Come to California. You guys sit sit in the parking lot with a cigar, and then maybe you have an opportunity to talk to me. That's how that's how I get how he does it, right? Like he only does imports and sales opportunities and pitches, right, Keith? Generally, yeah. I tell people I, I do all my planning for new vendors at like this one or two events I go go to a year. You know, I'm I'm one of these undercover guys. But ah. uh I go to, you know, and and I um I want to hear real value I, and, and I look at it a little different. I don't want to hear about your price or so on. I want to hear about how I'm going to have labor savings and service enhancement. You know, a lot of people. So, so, so do with, you mind, do you mind, you know, listen, you, you said I only look at new vendors. Usually people say during certain times of the year, it sounds like you're saying I only go to like one or two events a year to like think about new, new options. What, what are those events, Keith? I'll go to an ASCII event and usually uh, uh, exchange. Okay. Yeah. You know, and then the rest of them, you know, if I do pop up, it's more social than, and networking. Um, and, and that's one of the things, I, you know, I, and I, I just feel like I'm, I think I would like vendors just to, to focus more on service delivery at the shows and a lot of them are focused on here's my free stuff i'll give you these mdf funds and i'll you know i'm going like no i want to see yeah i mean i think i think the problem there keith is um the guys that they have showing up from the company representing the company are not implementation people they're not service desk people right they're they're sales people right so a little bit difficult for them to concentrate on service delivery i think uh, because those people just don't exist that way, right? I mean, right. Maybe, maybe your position is brings one of those guys with you so that you can appeal to the people that are looking for that kind of stuff. Is that, is that your point? Yeah, that's, that's kind of my point. Or um, 
you know, I think we're all technologists, I hope. And, and um, you know, somewhere in the cycle, let's get beyond the, the cheese and, and let's get to the technology. Yeah. And, are you, and, are you like, so you do exchange, I assume you're going to the one next or like first week of March, right? I don't know. I don't know if I'm, no. you know, okay. I don't know if they've sent out, someone sent me, fill out a form. We want you to go. I don't know where that's, I mean, all okay. of a sudden one day so I'm going to call. So maybe not that one, but there's like two or three throughout the year. Right. So, yeah. um, are you, are you somebody that <clears throat> in that model of event, um, do you prefer the boardroom model there? Or are you more somebody that likes to do the hallway kind of, you know, booth networking type thing? Depends on the, I've seen people put in a real good boardroom where they, you know, and they have a technical and they really say what their product does and, and how it fits into our stack. And they're, they're willing to answer tough questions. Uh, otherwise, I think most of it is, is hallway and, you know, let's spend 10 minutes at your booth and, and show me what's, show me something on the screen. Okay. I'm going to put that question back out to you, Darren. Are you more of a boardroom style guy or, or, you know, or do you like the presentation or are you more somebody who's like, Hey, when I'm interested, I'll come and ask you directly what, what you do. No, I, I would rather see the presentation. And in fact, it seems like in most cases, there is little actual technical focus. If you go to the booths that are typical, you know, maybe there's a, a something on a screen, but it's it's really not doing anything, or it, it, there's really not a um, an in-depth um, demo part of the experience. And not in all cases, but it seems like in most. And I would rather, you know, I, and and that should be done by the person that actually knows it. And that that's a frustration too. Is when you're talking to the salespeople, I can't tell you how many times I've asked a question and. They're like, well, yeah, I'll get, I have to look that one up or I'll get back to you. Or, you know, they just, they really just don't know. They know, they know how to do their, their canned sales pitches, but beyond the, you know, beyond that, then they're, you know, they're out of business. So, so it sounds really, so it sounds like if they're going your, your position is kind of like what Keith's been saying. If you're going to show up, show up with a technical, you know, person with technical capacity outside of the salesperson whether it's a you know like a somebody from the implementation team somebody from the support team maybe sales engineering something like that but somebody who can actually get a little bit deeper than surface level rather than hey here's my presentation by by here right yeah and and i guess i should what i should have said earlier too to to make it have uh, to be a bit more relevant is i stop at the, the vendors that i am interested in not necessarily not to pick up the free crap I mean, I'll do that, but that's not, you know, so if I walk by vendors and I know what they do, I don't need to be contacted by them because I made a choice not to, there should almost be an opt-in like, Hey, I'm interested. You can contact me, but you know, I'm not interested in sales and marketing. I don't want to hear from, and there, and there's of course the ones that are, you know, kind of notoriously the most aggressive. And I, I don't want to hear from you because it's not something I need right now, but just because I went to the show doesn't mean. I want you to contact me. I know that's how it works, but that would, that would be a tweak that, you know, you, you should, I think could be made. Um, but it would certainly make me happier, but I, I think, I know it's not how the whole thing works. So. Fair enough. Yeah, and, and, you know, you talk to some vendors and you say, okay, here's where we look at from the MSP and I'll let Darren comment because he's smarter than I am. But I look at it and say, are you an addition to my stack 
or are you pulling something out of my stack? So, you know, I, I, I'd like to see in that context, you say, you know, I offer this PSA, this RMM, this, this, and I say, where do you fit? And, and, um, and then the, the you know, um, how are you gonna hold my hand through, through getting this uh, implement? You know, I'm, I'm not concerned as much about your pricing and your MDF and all that stuff where I'm going like, when I have a problem, that's my labor hours, that's my reputation. I wanna know how we're gonna walk through that. And everyone has problems. No one's gonna tell me my, you know, they start, my product's bulletproof. I said, well, get out of here, you're stupid. I want to know when the shit hits the fan, are you going to feed me so I can respond to my clients? I noticed one time there was this voiceover IP issue and you were making aggressive posts. So everyone knew, you know, so I can go back to my clients and say, it's not you. We're aware of the circumstance. There's quality people working on it. Another one that, that was recent, which was SonicWall, and they went silent. You know, it was like they didn't release that, that was the that was the one we talked about a few weeks ago with like the reboot loop thing. Yeah. And you're going like, you know, um, the quicker you get out there, the, the less cycle I have trying to figure out, is it me? Is it you? Is it broken? Is it, you know, with the Sonic Wall issue, I'm going like, is it the ISP? Is it do we have a backbone uh, Internet it's, problem? It's, it sounds like your <clears throat> your position, Keith, is. Hey, you know, if you're selling to me as a partner and you expect me to offer your solution to my customer, you better have a really good communication plan so that like I'm up to date and I can communicate downstream to my customer as quickly as possible. That's what you're trying to say. Right. I think we, you know, I always are saying, and everyone has different little taglines and buzz. Ours is we're selling to our customer's customer. Yeah. So we're trying to make sure that the experience so that they're no matter what kind of industry you're in, you can't say IT sucks because you chose that IT, right? So we don't want their frontline people saying, my computers are down. That just makes the company sound, you know, not effective. So you'd rather say something like there's, a, there's an issue, you'll see about it tomorrow, we're working through it. And, and here's what we can do to help you through this issue. Fair enough. No, I, I get it. Like, Every time you, I'm sure everybody gets these opportunities every once in a while where you get, you know, you get, you know, kind of in a conference bridge and, you know, they, they ask you a little bit about your company and then you start, you know, they're like, hey, we're, we're thinking about talking, you know, launching a new product or you're familiar with these companies. Can we get a little bit more, you know, information from how you deal with them kind of thing. Right. And, um, mm -hmm. you know, one of the, per, you know, one of the things that always comes out in those calls are, <clears throat> what what are the most important things before you adopt a new solution right and you know like give us the top two three four five things right and you know i i personally always say price isn't all you know number one i know a lot of people do like price is in there price for 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 you know performance right it's somewhere in there but it's not like number one in my book right it's hey uh scalability right of the solution you know, how much time do my people need to actually spend deploying and administering that? That's what I mean by scalability. And then two is how much support do I get? Right. Like how much, what, like, am I going to be able to get a hold of somebody when I need them, when I have a problem, uh, if something's not working, uh, if I have a disaster or whatever. And then you know, like, not, not being one of the smarter guys, I was like this, how do you move from blue light shopping your vendors to not blue light selling your clients? 
that's in uh, maybe that's a, that could be a whole session all to its own this topic um i, so, I just okay you like maybe re- repurpose rephrase that for a little bit so like, if i'm going to my vendors and saying you're a commodity i'm gonna treat you like a commodity price is all that matters yeah then you go you're going that's kind of your mindset and you're and, and 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 then you're on the same guys i see compl- you know i see complaining and then you're going like oh my customer price shops me and you go that's your mentality so i think yeah. you need to change it on both sides of your equation i i think it's very interesting because <laughs> you know like the same guys who go in and you know complain about i can't get a hold of my vendor support or you know, my, you know, I'm always down or there's always a problem or I feel like, you know, she's not, you know, con- consistently working the way that it should. Sometimes, sometimes are the same people in the same forums that are saying, I need the most aggressive price. And it's like, yeah. this is kind of what you're talking about, right? Where it's like, hey, listen, you, you know, the whole get what you pay for, I, you know, cliche um, does have some validity, right? The cheapest option is not always the best option. Maybe the most expensive option is not always the best option either, right? So, you know, there's due diligence in between. Yeah, and I think your your profile, what you're looking at is what's your priority? So I'll, I'll tell you, you know, and you know I'm just a simpleton. So here's, when, I, when someone asks us to design a system. Yeah. And they start, my budget is, I said, I don't want to know. I don't care. I'm going to come back and offer you the best solution for what you're asking for. You're going to go meet with Rodney later and discuss terms and conditions and price. I don't want your limited budget to cloud my ability to give you the right solution. Well, but <laughs> hold on a second, Keith. There, there should be some precursor, right? If you're like, hey, if you think you know this project's going to be not cheap, and if you're coming in and your budget's half or a third of what the ballpark is, do we even want to go down that road? Right. Like there is something, there's something to that, right. To not waste everyone's time. No, no, I've, we have found historically with, with the C-17 and with the port, they all went way over budget. It was not a problem. It was like, this is what, cause you start walking through the exercise and saying, okay, we can't change price because price is pretty it's a component. What I'm paying for underlying agents and software, my hourly rate for my employees, what it costs to support it. This is there's not much flexibility there. Where there's flexibility is what parts you want to remove. And as you go through that exercise, and I'll give you an you know, like when we were going through the port and they're saying we want check-in, we want big screens, and so on, and so on. Okay, do you want to remove the big screens? That's only X number of dollars a month. They go, nah. And at the end of the day, they said, we want everything we want. And it was like, okay, go find money. That's it. That's it. I, I mean, it's a more honest I, approach. I think, no, I, I appreciate what you're saying, Pete, or uh, Keith. And, you know, like there is some, you know, like that, then you're, you know, it's almost like a uninhibited, hey, here's what it's going to take. But it does take your time to go through the process of talking, you know, doing a, like a requirements analysis designing a solution right there's there's man hours involved there it doesn't matter whether it's something simple or something more complex and so you know you, obviously your time has a value right you don't want to keep on throwing free labor out there all the time and you know like you know maybe one out of ten closes that'd be bad but you see what i'm saying like at some point you know it's almost like you you sit down with the you know 
the, the lawyer for the first time, for example, right? And they do that initial consultation for free, right? And they're just saying, tell me what your case is and I'll tell you whether it makes sense if we, you know, we take this on or not. Um, you know, yeah, like- I would have to revise, I, I get where you're going. I'd have to revise my strategy if we were out marketing for um, people. Co- All our stuff's been referral. We've yeah. been just, we just been so really you've been, lucky. You've been, so you've been in a, a sweet, a sweet spot, if you would, right? Where like you, you were, you did a good job for somebody. They, they referred you to somebody else. They, they already gave them an idea before you had a conversation probably. So like you're walking into what could be pretty qualified prospects, right? <laughs> kind of thing. Yeah. Um, we've been, we've been lucky in the sense that we've had some pretty high profile beginning, yeah. You know, uh, you go like our first one out of the gate was automation of the Boeing shop floor for C-17. And you go to people and they go, do you know about security? You go, we'd secured someone building military aircraft. Yep. And that's, so then. That's a and, cool story, by the way. And, and your second one is the Port of L.A. And then within the same six months, you pick up L.A. Unified School District Food Services. Yeah, I would say that you've done very well in these high profile things where not every every guy out there, you know, not trying to say blue light or not, right. Just generally speaking, right time, right place, right person. Right. Um, doesn't always click for everyone. Right. But I, that's very successful on your part. Um, Pete, let me ask you a question, right. Sitting on the other side, you know, as you're having MSPs come to you, um, you know, for services, is there not in the initial conversation about, what are you trying to accomplish? And do you have, like, I'm sure at some point in the conversation is, do you have a budget? Um, no, don't Almost you one of the first, question? one of the first words that comes out of my mouth is because marketing is one of those things that, uh, you know, most MSPs think like, you know, what am I going to get from this? And this is going to cost me a big dollar and I've only heard nightmares. So I'm going to spend money on this. What's it going to do for me? And, so, you know, I usually ask, you know, do you understand the difference between sales and marketing? Okay. And because, you know, they think that demand gen and calling and everything is, you know, that's a handoff to sales at some point. There's a, there's a handoff and an integration, but, you know, the brand building is really what marketing is, right? What's my brand? What's my brand equity? Where can I get it? Who can I get it to? So when somebody does in sales makes a phone call or has a conversation or is at an event, there's brand recognition and equity, right? Yeah. So, and, and what we find is, is obviously the more mature the MSP is, they have an understanding and they have a different tolerance for pain, right? Um, but the smaller MSPs combine sales and marketing and they truly don't know where it rips apart into the no, pieces. No, I, I, I get so, it. Like. All right, so, you're, you're you know, selling a very, it's not like you're selling a tangible box, right? Hey, I'm shipping yeah. you a unit. Here's the cost. You'll see it in the mail in two days. You're selling something that requires time and labor and is intensive at times, depending on the size of the person, right? On the other side, mm-hmm. there has to be a conversation about like, are we in the same ballpark or else you're wasting time? No. Correct. Okay. And I so, mean, this, I would assume you know, that, I would assume that, if I'm out there selling technology solutions of whatever flavoring, I got to have a similar conversation, right? Like, Hey, do you, you know, are we going in here, bubble duck, uh, bubble gum duct tape? And you, you know, you want to spend no money. You know, I'm just going to find a used part on the side of the road and plug it in and hope your car runs or, you know, are we doing this for real? And you have the actual 
you know, resources to get the job done. You know, like you almost need to know that going in so that you can figure out how much you can put into it. Right. Um, I, I hate to keep on bringing these back up, but I, I, I now watch them all the time. Right. These home renovation shows, right. Like love it or list it. And they go in and they're like, what's your budget for a new house or what's your budget to renovate your existing house. And then like, what do you expect in order to get you to make a move? You need to know this kind of stuff up front now. That's exactly where we go. But we also want to, before we dive into money and, and services, we want to make sure that they have the right expectations. If they're not a fit, if they're not a fit for us because they don't have the wrong expectation or they don't understand the difference in what we sell, then we're not a fit. And, and let's be friends in the channel and, and we'll catch up with you when you grow a little bit. Right. Yeah. Or maybe we'll put them in one of our incubator programs that we do so many per year and that's it. Right. Yeah. Um, so, you know, for us, it's a little different being on the other side. I, I always wanted to qualify, you know, my favorite question is on a scale of one to 10, rate your technology. That's what, and, and what are you paying for it? What was that? What was the most, common answer to that question about six okay and then i would say to them what if i could get you to an eight and a half or a nine for this additional cost because i would the next question would be rated on a scale of one to ten and what are you paying for that yeah hmm. so you get two major qualification answers right right then and there and then the next one would be if i could get you to an eight and a half or nine and it would cost you this would you would you go there and you know they those, are, those, look those and, are good sales questions, <laughs> you know, and, and from there, then I would go and I would say, okay, if you think you can go there, let's have the conversation. And if not, then we're not a fit for you. Yeah. I, what's your opinion? I mean, it's been done for like, I feel like 20 years now, the uh, free network assessment. Does that still work? Is that, or is that? It never no. worked. Okay. <laughs> I think you're on the right track. You know, when you start talking about establishing a budget with customers, and I get your point, it's extremely valid. I'm not dismissing it. However, you go, a lot of it is how you've marketed yourself too. So, um, you know. Yeah, but hold on, Keith, not to, and I mean, Pete's coming now from the marketing world, but how many websites have you seen where somebody literally just Xerox somebody out? I mean, like it's the same, almost the oh same verbiage. You could be, you could be a multi-million dollar entity you, or a $200,000 entity. And the website says the same damn thing, Keith. I mean, it's, it's almost it's just got a different, different banner, different cityscape on the front. Yeah. I mean, it's the same thing. Yeah, so. If that's, if that's your marketing, Jen, then I get it. Right. Um, but if, 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 if you, there's a, a feeling and maybe a, there's a feeling I get from, you know, someone's presenting something, I go, you're a price seller with vendors and with, with competition. I go, you're selling on price. Um, and I don't think, I hope we don't portray that or I don't, you know, we're, we're talking about you came to us because we have a proven ability to do solutions. Maybe, and, or maybe you're the first one that they found on the internet, like the old yellow page look. If, if and you're the first on, one that responded, you know what I mean? If they found us on the internet, that'd be a miracle because our website is the one you're talking. Hasn't been updated. I just we just started entering. Do we do it? We looked at it. We haven't updated it in 15 years. Wow. Yeah. Calling you I, later. I'm calling you later. <laughs> I'm gonna be a pain in the ass vendor calling you. And so, um, 
You know, it's just not something. So, uh, so, so, so I, I listen, I, I appreciate what you're saying, Keith, on how do you present yourself? I actually had a call yesterday with a literally brand new guy, right? Came out of corporate IT for many years, uh, started an MSP as zero customers right now, just started, just, just, you know, took the, uh, the shine off the, the key for his door, right? Kind of thing. And um, I gave him a bunch of advice, like, you know, things that made sense. First piece of advice I gave him was do yourself a favor. Be very selective in the clients that you take on. Don't just take money. Don't just take the deal or the project or whatever it is because you're dying to, you know, sign your first couple of accounts. I was like, be very, very, very critical about who you take on as a customer because, you know, the things that you do in the beginning often don't work well for you as you go down the road. I don't know a single guy who said differently, uh, maybe different other than you, Keith, but um, a lot of people took a lot of just small projects or maybe very small customers that they probably didn't want to deal with ultimately down the road uh, just because they were at the beginning and they had like zero dollars of revenue coming in the door and they just took anything. Um, they never well, it's were exciting out. to get that first dollar though. You know, I agree Pete, but like those are the guys that I feel like end up or the, when you, when you're, when you grow a little bit, right. At least said, Hey, I'll meet you, see you down the road. When you mature a little bit, you're two, three, four, five plus years in, you start to realize how to calculate, Am I making money versus am I working for free or even am I losing money on you know an account by account basis? You go back and you find out that a lot of those original ones are the ones where if you don't go back and get them to do more and like spend the money that they should be spending, that those are the guys that you end up having to part ways with because you know it's just not you know it doesn't make sense if if both sides aren't winning kind of thing. It's it's real hard to reinvent yourself once you've established something. And by the way, we don't have simple MSP clients. And maybe that's a, something we should say, you know, that's a differential. We don't have people that we haven't developed complete solutions for. So when, when you're talking to a guy who just goes out there and says, I'm going to support a network someone else may have built on software or built by other people, that's not our client. I, I think there's like the cliche I always use uh, in that scenario, Keith, is you know, like doctors don't like to go in and, you know, kind of clean up the mess of other doctors. Right. I mean, it happens, yeah. but they try and not do that. Right. Like, you know, so somebody really did a bad job <laughs> of whatever it is, like you sometimes have a hard time having somebody in come out behind them and, and do something different. Um, just because everybody's so worried about malpractice and the set and the other, right. Just in that particular industry. But I mean, a lot of the times, everybody's been trained in IT world. Hey, you need to bring it up to your standard. So if you go in and you see the mess that maybe, you know, before you, you know, the spaghetti closet, you know, the bathroom or the kitchen that dubs as the server room, <laughs> you know, the four port switches from staples that are in the drop ceiling somewhere, right? Like that kind of stuff. They're just like nuke it. And they say, you need to start from scratch. And that's where these, you know, kind of smaller businesses are like, what do you mean? <laughs> and like, that's where, you know, things go different roads, right? Yeah, I have an ex-employee I refer that to. Oh. He, he started his own, you know, it's like someone calls me up and because of the speaking I do for the chamber and stuff and I get the calls all the time, I don't want to be rude. The guy says, I'm a five-person insurance office. I need this, this, and this. I said, we're not your guy. 
Yeah. You know, I, I answer their questions because I think I own that. I think that's, yeah. you know, that I saw your presentation. I have a question about cyber. I'll answer it. And I said, use this guy. He's an ex-employee. I trained him. He's not as, you know, and if he has questions, he'll call me and I'll help him. And that's what I normally tell him. Yeah, that that's I mean that's that's a good way to handle it, right? And um, you know, at the end of the day, I think like everybody needs to understand who their target customer is, yeah. and like that's the very first question that everyone always asks, right? Like I'm sure Pete asked this question, right? Hey, tell me about your business. Who do you usually work with? If you were to say who your perfect ideal customer is, tell me what that looks like, right? And that answer changes a lot of things. Um, mm -hmm. Pete, you're looking at larger, you know, maybe more government focused um, public sector type opportunities, right? Or private sector that services the public sector, right? That's a completely different profile than Darren, who's more, you know, kind of in the audiovisual arena, right? Uh, and like the technology, the, the reoccurring stuff kind of comes secondary to you know, more project-based, you know, high-end audiovisual work, right? Versus the guy who goes and says, hey, I'm, I'm only going to do cloud-based, right? Like you basically have almost nothing on-prem on and it's all cloud or bust. Everybody has a different, a different angle. And, you know, Keith, you, you do a little bit of, I believe, software development, right? Um, where yeah, we wrote, we wrote the entire DHA system and we wrote the entire uh, shop floor system for Boeing. Exactly. Uh, so my point to you is not everybody has those resources, right? You know, like right. there's a skill set that comes along with that style of work. <clears throat> and that goes beyond, hey, I write scripts for my RMM system that work out okay. Um, it's, it's a completely different language. In my and just to say, we've had clients, customers who come to us that are smaller. Sure. And I hear this all, and and said, I'm ready, a small hotel chain said, I want to integrate all these different disparate systems. I'm, I want to invest heavily into my guest experience. And it's a little beyond, I want to go beyond keep the computers running. Sure. And so, you know, we will work with that because that's something that um, I think as we've developed a system, it makes us sticky. Oh, I mean, listen, anything custom that, you know, like <laughs> when, when you hit, when you, somebody comes in, they're like, Hey, you know, Microsoft, this, that, and the other. And they're just like, Oh, we'll just transfer all of this from your old you know, company to your new company, which is one of the things with NCE that got people all riled up. Right. Once you start a new NCE term, you can't move it to another partner until the term's over and you're about to go into a new term. Right. And that was one of the big things that really got people discombobulated because they're like, what if it didn't work out? Right. What if, what if, Somebody goes in, starts the relationship, starts the account, starts all of these ancillary products that they're using. And six months in, they say, you know what? This isn't working. We're not, we're not a good fit. They're still stuck with some of those products until the end of whatever that term is with the vendor before they can actually make a jump. And like, I think that was a really like a shock to the system, you know, when they came out with those style terms. Yes. You know, and, and I, that's a perfect example of what we are you know, kind of, we, it's like, that's not our basis. And there are people that specialize that and make great money. I'm not putting it down in the slightest. I mean, that's being a, a standard MSP is a great business. I mean, I'm going like, go for it. Um, I, I, I would argue standard MSP may be a little bit hard to define. 
Although you, you were the one that said that the word MSD first started with like a you know like an HVAC contract. <laughs> That's yeah. That we we did that when I was doing some legislative consulting for the California legislature. Yeah, that's crazy. That's crazy. Um, and I don't even know what they're trying to say by that. Maybe oh, Pete can, because well, he's smarter. I'm gonna ask. Yeah, I'm gonna ask Pete. Pete, is there such a thing as a standard MSP? Say what? <laughs> standard MSP. You know, it's just like clients. So many people say, "Oh, we're so different," and I say, "Tell me what's different." My people. I have people, I have tenure. So does the guy down the street. I, you know, I'm in your business 15 years. Yeah. So is the guy down the street. What makes you different? You know, and it's, it's a very hard thing to differentiate. So I, I think from a, a perspective of profile, yeah, there is a standard MSP. I hate to say it, but the, most of you that are out there look the same as far as composite and differentiation. Now, how you deliver your stacks and, you know, service ratings and things like that is where the uniqueness comes in. But okay. I mean, there's only you, you, everybody's doing a, a, a service stack that's got different components in it. But in the end, the stacks are basically the same. They may be different partners, but the stack is basically the same. You as the MSP absorb whatever the pain is with whatever the product is, right? i.e. a Microsoft going through the changes, et cetera. So, you know, or security stack or whatever. And, and certainly your size and nature is going to be what, you know, makes you more attractive to a partner or more attractive to a customer. Sure. So, 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 Darren, so Darren I mean, it's very, there's very few says, differentiations these days. Yeah. Darren pops in and says, have to say Keith is clearly very different. Yeah, agreed. I mean, and, and so, is that Keith an is, so Keith is not an MSP though. Keith is more I would put Keith yeah. more as almost a government contract. Because well, I, I, I lived in that I lived in that space for a long time. And I, I get what you're doing. And and you know, I think that a lot of the things that you do are very similar to a DOD based technology firm. I'll just know? say over 70% of our business is, is private companies just um i think but the pri difference but, but private companies that service the, a public you know like boeing no right? hotels hospitality yeah. so so here's the difference where i think and and, and he can correct me if, if i'm wrong because he's smarter than this our difference is number one our core technicians are all degree okay but there so are a lot of other companies. That I, I have never found another one that has, you know, their education backgrounds, MIT, Caltech, Stanford. I really haven't. So that's a differentiating factor, at least in my market. Number two, we have an MBA on staff. So we can talk business processes, business cycles. Uh, uh, my postdoctorate at Stanford had to do with uh, lean manufacturing cycles. So... I can talk about business process. We, we don't, I don't go in there saying, I'm going to sell you Microsoft 365. We talk about process cycles and fit, fitting into the daily. Um, we do business process engineering and re-engineering. We enhance processes through technology and innovation. So I, I think that's a different model. That's why I said, I don't know what it, an MSP to me is trying to sell. I'll keep things running. Now, I may be wrong, but that's when someone's asked me, I have clients ask me all the time, oh, what, what are these new? 
it, oh. it was interesting. We had we had uh, True North Dynamics, um, who who is a Microsoft, um, you know, Dynamics, you know, uh, CRM, GP, yeah. right? That kind of, like that whole line of Microsoft that like people almost don't even realize is there. Um, that popped out of an MSP uh, in Fargo and uh, North Dakota, believe it or not, uh, not the show. And, you know, their point is, hey, listen, it's a completely different model. It's almost software development and, and, and software customization than it is MSPs. Like he, he came out just and said, IT and managed services providers are not the ones actually performing, you know, digital transformation, right? Like that was a, a strong statement, right? Because I think a lot of people in the circle think that we're part of it. They can be, but like, I think, a lot of it comes around, are you actively changing the business operating system that's being used for whatever the end customer is versus, hey, are you are you worried about the plumbing and the electricity and the security? I'm not saying that those things don't have value. They surely do and, and have a lot of value, fr- frankly. But like once you get all of that foundational stuff out of the way, it's like, well, how, what do you need to run your business? And can we use technology to change the way that you're doing it to like bring it up to, you know, a 2022 company rather than a, a 1982 company. Right. So um, I think that's the difference. Right. And so to Keith, to your, you know, the, the, the differentiation for you is, Hey, you'll do some of the plumbing work. You'll do some of the security work to, f- to facilitate the larger end game of we're building a solution that doesn't exist specific to your business. And I think that's where a lot of MSPs maybe stop short um, of what they're doing. I watched that one and, and I agreed with 99% of what he was saying, except the part that they're distinctly different. That's for him and, I, and, and people have just, I mean, that's not saying I'm right, he's wrong or he's right, I'm wrong. That's my difference. My difference is that's the business we should be in. Yeah. And I so I, I still, I still go back you know, with Keith and, you know, just to digress for a minute, but I would still go back that your model and, and your composite is very close to a government contractor. I agree. Because if you think about it, everybody's degreed. People don't work in government contracting unless they're degreed. There's very few employees that you'll find that that, that are non-degreed um, folks, right? Well, with the engineering or some kind of finance or business degree that, that, is in there for analytics, et cetera, right? And an MSP is gonna be a hybrid of, of that. You're gonna have the degrees, non-degree type things. I agree with you on that part. Um, for the most common small business, do they care? I don't know, but you know, you're talking, you know, you started out supporting Boeing. So you started out supporting, you know, one of the biggest government contracts that are out there. Girl. Yeah. And your and your and your contract was probably paid through one of their contracts because they can allocate GNA and overhead and everything else through the pricing model and charge it back to the government. So, uh, you know, I, I believe that listening to you and what I know of you over time is that you probably do that or you might be a hybrid of like one of the big five accounting consulting firms, you know, like that gets in there because of your approach with BPR and BPA, where an, an MSP is never going to approach it as a BPR or BPA. It's just not, it's, tell me what's wrong. Oh, your backup's not working? Okay, I can help you with that. You know, I, I agree up to, uh, until, and that was our direction. I mean, 
we were working, I was consulting for another company and, and we got this offer and the company said they, they didn't want it. And I split off with some developers. So I get where you're, the, the, what we learned is now smaller businesses, I'm talking about 15 under, want that same uh, service model. Mm-hmm. That's, and so you say the originality or the origination may occur in the, in the business delivery for government and government contractors, but we're finding like, you know, I, f- I found it was like a boutique hotel and a small convention center and an engineering firm. And they all said, especially now where they're, they're relying on um, maybe some compliance legislation and, and, and cyber insurance. Now they're saying, where I agree with you two years ago, people thought I could care less about your degrees. Now, when you fill out an insurance application and you use the, the, the insurance companies and the regulators understand degrees and they're overvalued. I'll say that as someone that has one, but in that context, they're starting to look at that again. And so my suggestion to other MSP is at least be educated. That doesn't have to be a degree. At least be educated. I mean, Keith, I think, I, I feel like this story is like done and over with, but like in technology land, certification and you know like industry certifications from all you know from major companies and experience usually take you just as far as if you went to a four-year you know you know school right so and then the problem keith is what's differentiating you taking an online course over the course of several years and getting a degree like university phoenix online something like that versus you going to a traditional four four-year school in person right like they don't granularly ask the questions to, to differentiate that. Um, no, they ask, they ask what your, by the way, just so you know, when I write the curriculum for the California community colleges and I am pushing non-traditional education. So that is my focus and I'll send it to you. Here's how you become a cybersecurity. Here's the classes you can take online free, no cost. Do not go to MIT Caltech. It costs too much money. Um, so I completely concur with you on that. What I do find out from doing forensic audits and being a professional witness is, what is your background? Zippity doodah, and that happens. Well, a I huge mean, percentage if, 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 of the, if time. the background, if the background is we, you've done 180 server deployments, you've done data center moves, you've done, you know consulting for these customers over a set period of years, and these are what your consulting engagements are. That is lifetime equivalency of what you're talking about, which is a as, long, as long as your baseline was correct. Okay. Fair. It's the same thing. It's the same thing in real education. Is it, are you being educated or indoctrinated? And so there is not, all I'm saying is if, if I give, if I teach you all from bad data sets, then you, then you, it doesn't matter. Then, then your certification is a bad data. Yeah, you you have been taught and repetitively reinforced to do it wrong, and okay. so. But but when I look at some of the ones we've looked at, and I've mentioned this before, and I go, I do a, a forensic audit, and I say, "There's you don't even have a syslog server reading this firewall." So I'm going well, like you, again, you, again. Is it somebody? You know, if somebody goes out and says, "Oh, I'm a cybersecurity expert," I, I don't think any, I don't think anyone should go out there and say that. They can say, hey, we like to be security focused, 
hey, we right. work with vendors that help us make sure that we're doing the right things, but I'm not going to self-identify as a cybersecurity expert if I'm not really one. What is an MSS? What is an MSSP? That's been one of my arguments. Mar- is that, marketing. Marketing. That's what it right. is. Right. And I said, so until we put some credence, and it could be testing, it could be experience. I'm not saying it has to be a degree. But uh, until we eliminate the ability to self-declare expertise, that's where I think if we don't do that, we're going to tell the re- regulators do it for us. And that's my real yeah. belief. And, and <clears throat> you're 100% right on that front to, you know, and the, obviously time will change things. But um, at, at the end of the day, it comes back to you, something you said at the beginning of this call. How are you representing yourself? <laughs> And how is your how is your outward marketing presentation of your company set? Right. Because a lot of the times when you see these things get to a point where, you know, uh, something bad happened and you're in litigation, you know, they go back and they say, well, your website says you're the premier and you're the greatest. And, right. you know, you're the worldwide best. And it's like, OK, like who did you copy that from and why did you put that on your website? Right. Exactly. We're saying we're saying the same thing. Yeah, I'm sure Pete's cracking up back there because like that's every website he's probably ever seen since he started his marketing company. So, well, it's, it's I'll give you that the, out loud chuckle. It's the way of the industry. Well, that's I a, mean, Pete, that's, Pete, if they're willing to co- if they're willing to ask for a, a copy of an agreement to to put their name on, I'm sure they're willing to copy somebody's website. Uh, you'd be well, you know, that's where you go to the mass market, right? There's a couple companies out there that I, I won't take any hits at, but hey, pay pay your price and pick one of the five templates and we'll pre-populate with everything. Exactly. And your website's up in 10 days. Yeah. And that doesn't matter I'm- where your differentiator is, it's you know, that's what's promoted. That's of course we not- don't do that. <laughs> I'm not blaming other MS, I go, that's been the way of the industry. And I think those are the core things we have to change. Yeah. We have five marketing gurus. I don't know how many. There's so many marketing gurus out there, five, six of them. So you're no, going there's, like. There's, there's there's dozens. Let's be well, dozens. <laughs> oh, I, didn't, I don't know how many. I mean, I look at yeah. a big four or five and I go. Yeah. But I look at them, I go, they're all kind of similar. There's, you know, five or six or 10 or 15 companies that make generic template based websites. And so. And I'm not blaming them. They were starting a business and this is where they all kind of lended and this is the way it went. And so you're going, they're all saying the same thing without really understanding what they're saying. And I think that's the, that's the issue. That's all. Well, I, at the end of the day, and I know we're a little bit over time here, but like having people that are delivering these auxiliary services that understand the business that you're in versus, Hey, there you got copywriters who are just trying to come up with what sounds right. And you know that you don't have enough time to proof all the stuff because that's what slows all these projects down. This is the pro- this is the challenge. This is the issue. So definitely worth digging into. Um, like, more- but I got to tell you, George, there is a differentiator the way that we build websites. Mm-hmm. Like because we'll smoke a cigar with Keith. Oh, I'm sure Keith would love to do that. Oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know. And we will. But it it is it is the difference. The on the channel strong tour this year, we will do that again. Yes. This this year I will definitely have a cigar with Keith. Definitely. Last year we talked, but I didn't get one. So That's I didn't okay. get I didn't get to I had one with me too. And I, I just gonna, didn't get it. We're gonna eat. make sure Keith has a cigar lounge ready to rock and roll when we roll. There, there we go. 
Yeah, I'll bring definitely. I'll bring some I'll, we'll bring some lounge chairs and uh, carpet to put out just in that you know exactly we're gonna do it stay tuned all right guys I know we're a little bit over catch you again Tuesdays and Thursdays one o'clock Eastern time twenty four hours a day seven days a week online under MSPinitiative.com under sessions still looking to see people down in Florida in person uh, for the MSP Community Block Party on February twenty first and I'll also yes. have the threat lockers zero world catch everybody on the next round. Take it easy.